Well, hey, I uh, have a great, every Sunday I have an incredible opportunity, and most of the time I marvel at the opportunity that I have considering who I was when I grew up <laughs> and how I got to this place. That in and of itself is a miracle. But what I get to do is preach. What I get to do is proclaim the great message of Jesus Christ and see it change people's lives. And I really would argue with anybody that I have the greatest job in the world. Some of you would say, mine will beat yours. Well, we can argue about that. But what I get to do on this specific Sunday is I get to bring to you the state of the church address. And basically what I get to do is brag on Jesus. That's all I get to do. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of dang fun. Amen? I mean, and all I'm going to do And everything that I share with you, everything that I give you is just a hallelujah to the king. I mean, that's it. Because we in and of ourselves can't do this, couldn't do this, couldn't even dream this, couldn't even imagine this, couldn't even say, oh, preacher, you just don't have faith. I knew it was going to be like that. Now, you, you might think it would be something like this, but I don't know that you could tell me that it would be like this, okay? Because God, as we looked at last week, always kind of goes above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. So what I want to do, I want you to grab your bulletin. I'm going to kind of run through this, but I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at you. And uh, if you want to, you can sharpen your pen uh, and kind of have that ready because I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. First question I want to ask you is, The message is prepare for rain. So what does it mean to prepare for rain? What does it mean to prepare for rain? Brett, I want you to shoot that video, man. Just do that right now for me. Y'all watch this. Grant, I heard a story about two farmers who desperately needed rain. And both of them prayed for rain. But only one of them went out and prepared his fields to receive it. Which one do you think trusted God to send the rain? Well, the one who prepared his fields for it. Which one are you? God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your field to receive it. Hmm. Which one are you? You see, when you prepare for rain... The Bible is clear that you plow your field, you plant your seed... Because rain's coming, okay? I want to give to you some numbers just in our church of preparing for rain and what God does when you prepare for that. I've asked some of our staff to kind of jot down some stuff. Some of you may not even know this. Some of you walk in these back doors and come in here for worship, but you don't know behind this building, kind of swamped by this building, is nursery children building. And in that nursery area... Right now, there's roughly 30 or 35 kids that are in our nursery ministry back there, okay? Now, understand something. In a couple of weeks, I'll be here five years. There was two babies when I arrived, okay? Now, when a church goes from two to about 30 to 35 babies in five years, that can create a little panic, okay? And understand, as as many of you have understood, when I first came, my first Sunday, there was about 21, 25 people. Now we run morning nursery than we ran in worship. That's some serious growth, okay? Not a, church is, a lot of churches can say that. But, but Angela 
does an incredible job in our nursery area. And we began this school year with Mother's Day Out program. We have 18 children and five paid workers in our Mother's Day Out program that meets on Tuesdays, Thursdays in, in this building. And so I want you to know that preschool ministry has seen incredible, incredible growth because God will send the rain. In our children's ministry, uh, just in this past year in Awanas, they start Awanas uh, in the school year, and there is, um, I'm going to add the adults to these numbers, 67 people or 67 children and adults in Awanas uh, back when the school year began last year. We end the school year with uh, 88 in Awanas. Now, if you've been in here on Wednesday nights, you understand that this place is pretty hopping on Wednesday nights with kids. Now, these numbers don't even include the uh, Puggles and the little guys that, that Angela has as well on Wednesday nights. Sunday school, incredible growth in Sunday school and our children's ministry. And this past year at preteen camp, that's our fourth, fifth, and sixth grade camp, she took 31 to preteen camp. And that's incredible because the first year or so that we did that, we could put them in a suburban, okay? And so we saw great growth there because we were prepared for rain. In our youth area, our D now, it's coming up in a couple of weeks, but last year's D now, Asher's ministry, he saw 64 students take part in D now, and 11 students that weekend recommitted their life to Christ. In youth camp, now that was an absolute mess last year, a mess in a good way, 93 students to youth camp last year, 93, okay? In that, we saw five salvations and many many, many recommitments. Just running through a couple other things. Uh, Sunday morning average in youth about 50 and Wednesday night about 75. Now our youth, for those who don't know, meet in the old worship center. And that worship center and its best can hold about 150 people. So uh, you notice on Wednesday nights, just an average Wednesday night, uh, they're really happy. It's it's hopping in there. If you've ever been in that building on Wednesday nights, uh, there is no shortage of volume. Speakers are working great in that building. There's no problem with our sound system, so I appreciate your giving. We bought good stuff, all right? Uh, you need to go in there if you don't have a chance. Let me mention a couple other things. Um, women's ministry and men's ministry, two things that I really want to brag on a little bit because they've kind of come over the last couple of years out of nowhere. Uh, we did not really have anything going in that area, and uh, women's ministry under Melissa's leadership has taken off. Uh, they had a little fall retreat in the fall, had 53 ladies take part in a Saturday fall retreat. And they have two classes on Wednesday nights that meet, and they have great leaders in there and great women in there. They have a group on Sunday night. That's kind of a co-ed deal, but it's a it's spin out of a women's ministry deal. And uh, we're seeing great growth there. Men's ministry, uh, I think we're two years old in our men's ministry, and they last week got to graduate to a bigger room because, you know, girls can sit closer than guys can. And... A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> they had, uh, now I'm not going to call names, but they had three men on a couch, and three men don't sit on couches, okay? And somebody said, yeah, we had about 700 pounds on that couch. I said, well, you could have left that part out. But, you know, men don't sit knee to knee. That's just wrong, okay? And so in order to continue to grow your men's ministry, you don't want visitors coming in and seeing guys sitting knee to knee and then somebody doing the prayer accidentally putting their hand on somebody else's leg because they thought it was theirs. That does not continue growth, okay? It just doesn't do that. So we don't want to stifle growth in our men's ministry. So 
our women gave up a big room and let the men come in there, and hopefully they had a little more room last week. But I'm very proud of our men and women's ministry. And so out there, if you're a man, know you it's safe now to come, okay? I just wanted to put that commercial out there. You're good to come now, and no one's going to be touching your knee, okay? So just wanted to throw that out there. Now, um, let me, I've got some good stuff I want to give you in the area of, of uh, finances, but, but, but I want to throw a couple other things out there that some know and don't know. I, I've mentioned before this building in, a, in two weeks, Super Bowl Sunday, we'll be in here two years. Now, you feel like, man, we've been here longer than that. No, we haven't. We've only been in two years. And uh, in that time, we've seen great growth. In 2011, it's going back a little bit, the first year we were in here, we had 50 families join that particular year. Last year, we saw 37 families join, and we've already had two Sundays this year, and we've had family each Sunday. So, uh, you know, I, I made the joke last week. Somebody asked me one time, do y'all do this every week? Well, we try to do it every week. We went a span this summer. We had four weeks, and no one joined, and people were like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, we're just normal. We're good. <laughs> we're good. I mean, it's it kind of weird if nobody does. And so incredible growth in that area. And many of you have seen the growth in worship. Obviously, we're here for uh, candlelight service when the pastor didn't have faith and we ran out of juice. But it was packed and it was glorious. And so we thank God for what he's doing there. Um, let me run through some financial stuff because when I talk about, you know, preparing for, for God to send the rain and everything like that, that's been an incredible uh, journey in and of itself. Uh, know that in 2011, um, we increased our budget uh, about 150000 over the previous year. In that particular year, we were sweating that budget because we had this building note in there that we didn't have before. And God probably laughed the whole year while we were nervous. And then he decided at the end of September that he would basically we met our budget at the end of September, you know, just to kind of say, see, if you step in faith, what I do. And so we did that at the end of September. So we increased the budget, not just because we did that, because of ministry and growth. With the budget increased another 150000 in 12. And you know this past year, we decided just because we did it the year before the end of September, we just do it again, okay? So we did met the budget again at the end of September. Now, we just, we just elected our budget, or we just voted our budget in, uh, several weeks ago. I'm not going to tell you that we're going to do it the end of September again because we increased it again about 150,000. Uh, but but if y'all want to do that, feel free to just go ahead and do that. Okay, so I'm just going to throw that out there. That I'm good with that. You don't have to do that, but I would love to see that happen. And uh, so a lot of great things are happening. One of the great things that happened because of our financial health. I guess you could say, of 2012, we had some money that we could spend because we met budget so early. And when the finance committee and I, we meet once a month and we visited, uh, one of the things that we felt led to do with the manger offering coming up, uh, you know, we, we took the manger offering that we did in December. And that particular morning, everything, tithe, offering, everything that we got that morning went to manger offering. So what we did in December after the meeting was out of our checking account, we took uh, the money out to pay off the children nursery building. It was at that time the activity building, okay? Uh, and it was just a little metal building that they 
day being the church that was here. It wasn't here then. In 2005, stepped out in faith and built this building. Many of you were living in Bushnell at that time, saw the building going up. And in 2005, they took out a note to pay that, to, to build that building for activity. Youth met in there when I came on staff there. Youth and Awanas. They had that Awana Square. It wasn't much bigger than the stage. But that's what it was. And that note was taken out in 2005 and was be paid off in 2020. And we decided to do that, knock that out. So because of that, we wrote a check in December for $54,487 out of the checking account. You can't do that at everywhere. And we paid that building off. And I want, I want two of the original deacons, Mike Minke and Leroy O'Neill, to come up here. These guys were here when we did this. Uh, I was not here. I don't have anything to do with this. They... They were part of this promissory note. Their names were on it. And I, we, Lori, got a copy of this. This is not the original. It's coming our way. But it's beautiful to have this. And what we're going to do is what every church loves to do, and we're going to burn the thing, okay? Uh, we're going to, I'm going to give these guys, these guys were here when this church stepped out in faith and did this. Now, understand when they did this, this was a big step of faith for this church. And we are very fortunate in seven years of taking that note out, uh, we paid that dude off. And so we don't no longer owe on the building behind us any longer. And so I'm going to let these two guys, former deacons and members here, uh, to burn this thing up. This is a good feeling. Y'all need to give the Lord a hand on that thing. <laughs> Don't let that screw your mirror there. That's pretty incredible. I just wanted you guys to be a part of that because many of you, how many of you were here in 05? Is it going to go out, I hope? Money burns slow, man. She's gone now. How many of y'all were here in 05? There's probably, how many hands is that? 15? 20? Is that a good feeling? That's probably a good feeling. How many of y'all were nervous in 05 when they took a note out to build that building? <laughs> the same 20. <laughs> it's a scary thing. But you step out in faith. Thanks, guys. Now, I hope nobody, if we got any firemen here? We got several that come. I don't know if I was supposed to do that in a building or not. Probably not. Smoke alarms go off. I'm in big trouble. All right. But in 05, First Baptist Church in Bushland took a big step of faith. But I'm going to tell you something. That step of faith had to be done, preceded our step that we took in this building, and it began God's move here at First Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for that group. I have no idea what the discussion was. I have no idea what, you know, if that was an easy sell, hard sell, don't know anything. But I know they took a step and they built that building. And I could not tell you where we would be before this one got built without that building. I couldn't tell you where we'd be without that little parsonage, that house that we now office out of, okay? But we took a big step of faith. God says, and in his word, you plow that field, you plant that crop, and I'll send that rain. I'll send that rain. And I'm, I'm 
I'm very, very, very proud of this church and very proud of you guys as well for your faithfulness and giving because of that, because of your overage in 2012, because of the money that we had, we were able to pay, pay off over 54000 in debt on a building, and that, that thing's gone. Now, that note is in the budget for 2013, that's 714 every month, but we won't be making that one, okay? We won't be making that one. Now, a couple other things I want to share with you. We, uh, many of you know that when we moved in here uh, and built this, our note on this was 550 on this building. That was almost two years ago when we started that. And, and I really sensed and knew that I'd heard from God back in November that to do the manger offering this year, uh, I always wanted to start doing a manger offering. I loved that. I loved the whole thing around the Magi and all that stuff. I think it's a beautiful story to tell. It's great for children in preschool to get involved. But we did that this December. And somebody said before we did it, you got a goal, preacher? I don't have a goal. I don't. I did not have one. I just knew God said, let's do the manger offering, okay? And everything that you get, go to debt. Because I really believe that, that debt is what's going to be that thing that hangs us up, that holds us back. And, and I knew that we had to begin to prepare for rain. We would plow that field and we plant that crop, and we knew God was going to send the rain. He's going to send the rain. He's been sending it, and he will be faithful to continue to send that. But I did not want debt to hold us up, okay? And so we did the manger offering, and if you were here, that was a beautiful morning. Um, and we took in a, a chunk of money. I'll tell you what we took that specific morning, but that's not the total that we took in. But that morning of the 16th, I think that's when it was, 18th, something like that of December, when we did that, we, that morning was almost 62000 in the manger offering. Now, understand, here's some beautiful things. That, that, that 62000 was 159 checks. Now, if you look at it from a pastor's standpoint, that's a lot of skin in the game. Because if you've got a check that represents a family, that's 159 families that are in the game. A scary thing as a pastor, okay, is to say you have a goal of 150. And four families make up 100. And then you stand before 1,000 people and say, we got our goal of 150,000. And the whole time you're thinking as a pastor, boy, I'm in trouble if any of those four get mad at me or get transferred. Okay, and what it can do to a pastor is cause you to cater to that. I'm just going to tell you, if you hadn't sat in that chair, some of you have. That, that's what it calls you to do, Okay. But, but the beautiful thing about this body is that we've got everybody, I mean everybody, in on what God's doing here. And that is gorgeous, man, I'm telling you, gorgeous. It's beautiful. And I, I'll tell you this, the largest check that morning was not even a member. Not even a member of the church, okay, was, was the largest check, okay. Now, we've had other money come in up until that point. Obviously, we received it uh, throughout the remainder of 2012. We had, a, we had a couple of gifts that we knew were coming this year, but they were coming out of last year's stuff, but we just had to wait on them. But when it was all said and done and the dust settled in the manger offering, I can tell you that it was 95463 okay? Now, in the 2013 budget, we elected as a church body to put... Last year, we put an extra 1000 every month towards this debt right here. This year in the budget, we put, we're going to put an extra 3000 
to the debt, okay? Now, if you take that 95,463 in the manger offering and you add our January 3,000 of that, you get 98,463. Now, you can't just send 98,463, amen? You got to round that up to 100. So the finance committee Wednesday night said, we just need to make that an even 100,000. So it's, I'm going to tell you next week or whatever, Lori gets to, has the privilege of writing a $100,000 check and sending it off to, on the principal only. Just That's on the debt, okay? Now, that's going to take the balance of this worship center down to $3,368,193, almost $200,000 off the original note two years, in two years. That's incredible, friends. I mean, you've got to give the Lord a hand on that. And we, as a church body, will have 11 more months that we don't only make the payment on this building, but we, we write an extra $3,000 each month to go to principal. We're making a huge dent in debt. Debt is going to be buried, could be buried totally this year, okay, if some things happen. But we're going to make a huge dent in that. Why? Because we're preparing for the rain. We're preparing for the rain. Now, you say, well, preacher, are we going to build next year? I'm not telling you that. I don't know when it's time to build again. But I do know this. you got to prepare for the rain. And debt is something you got to bury in order for be, to be ready when God says go. And that's been the goal and will be the goal for 2013 is to bury, bury the debt. That's, I wish the whole thing would go away this year. Okay, but that's God's call. But we're going to be faithful as a church to do our part in that. Now, I want to give you a number that might blow you away. This number that I'm going to give you is what was given uh, as a church in 2012. This number that I'm giving you does not include the manger offering. Okay, does not include the manger offering. Okay, but as a church body in 2012, uh, you gave $690,000 as a church. 690,000. So if you took the manger off and added to that another 100, almost 800,000 as a church. Now, I don't I'm just going to tell you, you could have a lot of fun this week at, at work. Hey, how much money did you think First Baptist Church gave in a year? I don't know, 50,000, little bitty podunk church out there, country people. Uh, 100,000. You could have a whole lot of fun. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll take a bet with you. There's not one person you ask that question to that would guess 800000 None. None. Okay? You're going to mess around church and become a million-dollar church a couple years, if not next year. All right? I say all that, as I said earlier, to simply brag on Jesus. Just brag on Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you, God is doing an incredible work at First Baptist Church. Incredible work. And not just numerically, but financially, baptism, people coming to know the Lord. There's all kind of things. We see growth in every area of our church. And, and what's beautiful is that Sunday morning and Wednesday night don't look too much different. Crowd-wise, parking lot-wise, bodies flying all over the place-wise. The only thing we don't, somebody called me today and said, I mean, you know, last week said, hey, preacher, we hear some God doing some great things at your church. He is. We, we, we'd like to come out and do a big celebration concert on Wednesday night in your worship center. <laughs> I'm like, 
we don't have a worship center on Wednesday night, man. It's taken over by kids and Awanas. We don't even have a place to meet. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. When you get one, holler at us. We want to come back. Well, yeah, I will, but we don't, we don't have a place to do that. So God is doing an incredible work. I want to I run through a little bit more. Uh, go to James. Go to James. I want you to look at James 2, 14 through 26. I want you to keep in your mind what's it look like to prepare for rain. Now, don't be worried about the time. I'm almost done. I'm going to finish this part real fast, okay? James 2, look at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith? I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man. You do, you foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was it not your ancestor Abraham who considered righteous by what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. I want you to see that. His faith and actions were working together, and his faith was what? Made complete by what he did. When's your faith made complete? When you take your faith and you put action behind the faith, then your faith is made complete. You see, my friend, it's one thing to know that the rain comes from God. It's another thing to go plow a field and plant a seed. Whole nother thing. Whole nother thing. When you look at your outline and a couple things, look at the statements with the errors beside it. Faith does not excuse action. It requires it. Real faith causes people to trust God's promises, believe in his power, and obey. Jesus said we should ask, seek, and knock. Faith does not stop activity. It inspires it. Those are beautiful statements. I want you to look at a couple of scriptures real fast. Go to Psalm 77. If you have your Bible, I want you to jot these down or highlight these if, if they have not already. Look at Psalm 77. Psalm 77, look at verses 13 and 14. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among your peoples. Isn't that beautiful? You display your power among your peoples. Has he not done that here? Oh, man, he's done that. Go to Habakkuk. I just love to say the name. If you can't find it, don't sweat it. My page is uh, 830. Okay, I don't know what it is in your Bible. Habakkuk, right? Look at Habakkuk 3.2. If you don't want to risk trying to find it, you could ask an Awana kid. They could probably show you, guarantee you. Habakkuk 3.2. If you don't want to 
look for it. Listen to me when I read it to you. I love the way he says this. Habakkuk 3.2, Lord, I heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds, O Lord. And I love this part here. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. I mean, it's not, not good. I've heard of your fame. I heard of your fame. Now I want you to do that in our day. <laughs> I just love that. Because how many of you were like me? You read the Bible, you see that Acts 2 church, and you're going, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I did that for many years until God planted me here. I used to dream of seeing that every Sunday because I can tell you that I went to churches that I didn't see that. I could predict everything that Sunday. I could predict what donut they were picking, how many packs of sugar in that coffee. I could, pre- I could predict what the pastor said every Sunday, every Sunday. I could predict the songs, who wasn't coming down, who wouldn't, who was, I could, I could tell you who was sleeping. I could tell you who was going to fall asleep during the worship, who was going to snore during church. I mean, we went to a church one time where a guy clipped his fingernails during church. My wife can testify that. We're sitting there in worship, and you Hello, we're having church, man. Is God not doing a new thing here? You're going to clip your toenails and fingernails in church. Please, get a different church. Go find out who God is. I'm telling you, if I was hoping God would come like fire in Old Testament and burn his toes up. What is wrong with you? You don't clip your toenails in church, man. Man, I don't want to go to a church that is so dead, I think, oh, I got a hangnail. I want to be in so awe of God that I don't think about my toenails and fingernails. Amen? I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm not going to be a... Man, I was about to die. My, I, you think I was messed up? My wife, whoo. Everything she could do to stay in that pew. She wanted to go back there and go, what in the world are you thinking? Right? Probably with a finger. Right? But I'm going to tell you, God is doing a cool thing. And I want him to continue to do awesome things in our day. And I want you to partner with me as we stand in awe of what God does. How many times have you walked out of here and the only thing you could say when you got in the car was, wow, (laughs) wow. He just keeps getting better. He just keeps doing greater things. Yes, that's exactly it. How many of you get excited about coming on Sunday morning, anticipating what God's doing? Isn't it great to go to a church where you're excited about coming that you don't feel like, oh, let's go, preacher, notice if I'm not here, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, wasn't it nice to pull up and go, let's go see what God does. Let's go see. Let's go see. Let's go get in his presence. That is cool. I'm telling you it's cool. Last thing is this. Go to Galatians. Galatians 6, 9. It's not on your outline, but I wanted to go to it. Galatians 6, 9. When we show God we trust him, we are preparing ourselves and our church to see him at work. I want you to look at Galatians 6, 9. 
Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not get weary. Folks, I'm going to tell you, everything that I just said, the enemy's fully aware of. And he hates it. I mean, hates it. I'm not talking about he doesn't like it. I'm talking about hates it. And he is going to try really, really hard to disrupt what God's doing here. He wants to destroy this church. He does not want it to do what it's doing. And we've got to be on guard constantly in our lives individually and us as corporately that we continue, continue a sweet, sweet spirit here. That God is, 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 has the freedom to do what God wants to do and that we allow him to do it and we don't stop him from doing it. Because the enemy is looking to come in and mess up everything he is doing. Folks, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. One of my jobs as a pastor is not just to feed you, but the vision for this, this body, for this church. I'm going to tell you, we plow the field, we plant the seed, and let me get out my cute little umbrella because we got to prepare for rain, amen? Cute, isn't it? Not mine. Hey, but, but we got to prepare for rain. I'm talking about a spiritual rain, financial rain, numerical rain, and someday a physical rain. Amen. And so we, in a parched part of the country, a parched part of the country, we have got to get ourselves ready, not only as individuals, but as a corporate body. Because God is going to send the rain. He's going to send that rain. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because if you're ready, we're ready. But if you're not ready, we're not ready. So I'm asking you today to partner with me and your staff and your deacons to prepare for rain. Because I promise you, friends, you've seen it coming again and it's probably going to come even greater than it came before and we got to be healthy in every area of our lives let's pray together father this morning we have made much of you and you deserve every bit of it it is not what we have done but what you have done Father, I pray that each of us, Jeff and all these that sound in my voice, to plow their field personally, plant seed personally, and wait with expectancy for the rain to come. Father, I pray that we as individuals prepare for that. For if we prepare for that, God is faithful to send the rain and then the bountiful harvest that will follow. Father, I pray that you find us as individuals and as a corporate body to call the church faithful to plow and plant our fields. 
worthy to be entrusted with the harvest that you would bring. Worthy of that. God, we want to honor you. It's about you. We lift you up today. We thank you and we say hallelujah to you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're yet to do. And God, we as individuals during this invitation time want to say we partner with you, God. We, we want to join you. We want to plow a field. We want to plant our seed in our own lives. We want to wait for the rain. This morning, I pray, there's a family here this morning. It's been coming for a while, and this is home to them. They're as comfortable here as they are in their own home. God, I pray this may be the morning that you move them out of the pew, bring them to the front to officially join and be a part of the team, the body of Christ at First Baptist Church. God, if there's an individual here that doesn't know you, I pray this morning would be the morning they're born again. Maybe you just need to come this morning to the altar, get out of your comfort zone, and just lay before the Lord and say, God, prepare me, prepare me for the rain. Father, may we be obedient during this invitation time so that we might be all blessed. This is my prayer in your name.